Ooh, somebody's got their generator going. What up? What up? <laughs> Holy what shit, loud video? volumes. Circle, <laughs> where's your video? There we go. Should be here. Yes, all right, Word back up. to the downstairs office we go. This man's got his fried chicken. You would like take a run to Popeye's yes. before this. Dude, I I was, but I uh, I didn't realize it got this late. And there was a 45-minute line at Popeye's, so it is Wait, not my yeah. fault. Hey, the important question heard. is, did you get the spicy or the mild? Dude, you got to go spicy. Hell yeah. Spicy, spicy, and then you get the blackened ranch sauce. That is the only acceptable combination. Is that the, is that the KFC? God, it's been so long since I've No, been dude. It. Is there only Popeyes. two? Get oh, it right, Popeyes. sir. Popeye's. Yes. This is, this is the golden stuff. Popeye's. Black and ranch, ranch. Uh, dude. You got two options. Is... You got spi- spicy or mild. Huh? Not the Taco Bell, like eleven different varieties. Cheese or heat level. Dude, the Popeyes strips are by far my favorite of the fast food chicken strips. If I'm gonna indulge in something like that, the spicy strips are the best. Mm-hmm. Chris, I know you got that biscuit because that's the, also the quality from Popeyes. You know. Yeah. No, he's got the, the evidence. Now the question is, what side do you get? That's the one that's always the hardest question for me. Yeah, their sides like, kind of suck. Like, do you go with the traditional fries, which is meh, or do you like go like something like the mac and cheese, or like there's I a number of them. The red beans and rice, I think, is probably their best one, but yeah, it's the none thing of is, them like, are amazing, and they're not, and none of them are easy to eat either. <laughs> Like, the fries are okay, but they're, like, shitty fries. So, yeah. but you're right. Like, none of their sides are actually, like, good. So. Dude, I've Dude, heard about Speaking of fries sandwich. and being shitty. Oh, yeah, chicken sandwich. All right, carry on. Oh, no, oh, no. Wait, wait, hold on. We'll get it into the pod. Let's, we'll start the pod. And this is a good opener over here. Popeye's chicken and fast food. Yes. All right. I'll carry us in here. We'll just start it off and have fun with it. Um, three, two, one. Welcome back. I was almost going to say to the Red Deck podcast, but to the 608 boys, we're your host, John Galley, Serg. Red Deck Plus, Serg Trubitskoy. Chris. Chris Chiesa, Jedi Cheese. Uh, so we were obviously just talking, we were about, talking about fast food um, and the indulgence. And the well, fried chicken fast food specifically, actually, is, is a good topic. Um but yes, I haven't had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, the the heralded chicken sandwich. Have you, Chris? I've not. Personally, I I think that the traditional Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich is the way to go because honestly, like how can you go wrong with that? It's like 5 bucks, you get decent fries, you get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, you get like a, a like a like drink which if you're smart about it, you're like upgrading the shake instantly. They're like not even like a question. It's just like <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, they do the sucker you shake. in. They're like, 20 more cents. Give me that extra large chocolate yeah. shake. Dude, give so me that shake. Solid choice, dude. But where does this five bucks come from? You're, yeah, you're, describing the whole, you're describing the whole meal. You upgrade to that drink and fries, man. We're talking seven plus already over here. What is this $5 meal deal? Oh, yeah. yeah well, that's more right. KFC. It's $7, dollars, but. Right there. I know. Well, that's, hey, we're talking value here. If there would be a meal credit. to be had. They're a little like Chick-fil-A is a little more like uh, they're a little less fast foody, I would say, than the other ones. But, yeah, they're still definitely. Ah, you're saying they've, they've 
carved and venerated Culver's niche. They kind well, of are. They have their following, but but yeah, I mean they're still fast food very much so. But so is um, Culver's, but they've managed to sort of keep themselves above the fray. Now, you know that, what's a travesty? So like so, what drives me insane is that there is not a Culver's near an airport anywhere in the United States that I've looked. I'm like so, the pilot shut out. Dude, so you laugh, but so, all right. So if I want to ever want to go hit in and out you can probably fly to LAX and, like, there's, a, like, right outside the terminal, there's an in and out If I want to get, like, uh, Chick-fil-A, I can either go to Albany or I can go to Greensboro. Like, McDonald's, why the fuck are you going to McDonald's? Fuck it. But, like, so Sir, many he has fast- this mapped out over here. <laughs> there are so many... I've been raising my fingers at why you go to McDonald's. I have a rebuttal, but... <laughs> because go I, on. Have, I, like, I don't know. Like, this is true. Just, As a pilot, you got to know these answers because you're getting off a plane exactly. after a long shift. You need uh, you need your fast food. You feeling well, some butter burger? You, you craving a little butter burger? A little, little bit of crispiness on top of your patty? Where do you go? Dude, that's the problem. Like, there is not a Culver's. Culver's is definitely a rural custard. Yeah, like Culver's is like, there's no good Culver's next to an airport. So there's Culver's that are like in the city of Madison now, but they, um, besides those couple of ones, I would say most Culver's are in like a rural or kind of just in the outskirts of town or small towns. Basic Chris, we're just not their target customer. Dude, I know. Like the funny thing is like. Short haul pilots. Well, you're missing out. You got to write them a letter, dude. Dude, there's like points where it's like, you like laugh, but like in and out is one of those things that like. So you guys have had in and out, right? Or is I've, this, I've, I've yeah, had like I've had it a couple times in Vegas. Years. Yeah, I'm actually not a big in and out fan. I think it's like completely overrated. What's the most? How, how, Sir, can you speak what's on the that? most you Eastern in and, in and out? Yeah. So what, what was that? What's your opinion of in and out? Well, I, I was just gonna say I had it probably years ago. I hardly remember it because you have to yeah. pretty much go to California, right? Like well, how Vegas how far east have they yeah. struck? They're in Vegas too. Okay. Yeah, Vegas, Arizona, Phoenix, like, yeah. I loved Phoenix because Phoenix had Whataburger and In-N-Out. It was like ultimate. Like you could have like you could go for gluttony like either way. <laughs> like you could if you wanted. Oh, and they had a Culver's. So if you wanted an amazing, Ugh. if you wanted um, amazing fries, you go to In-N-Out. If you want an amazing burger, you go to Whataburger. If you want fried cheese, you go to uh, Culver's. It was like it was like the You're trifecta. Phoenix is like the Mecca. It's the confluence. It's the confluence. It's the <laughs> meeting point. They know their market. They know their market. Like it's like it's like oh my god. Do you want like like halfway decent fast food that's not like oh, great? Sorry. It's that's like hilarious. that's is great. I loved it. So yeah, that's I mean, Phoenix was pretty good for that for sure. Like Phoenix in general, they're going out scene too. I was pretty impressed at how like many different types of bars they had and. Like the atmosphere there, they. they oh, that's right. You went down there with Lindsay. Uh, no, yeah. I went. No, I actually Lindsay and I have yeah. never been down there. She she lived Wait. down there, but I've been down there on my own a couple times. Like I went to see Chris, uh, and we we did like a magic tournament down there, and then I went. Down, well, actually, two of them. I think those are the two times I went to Phoenix. Two different tournaments. One was just like a qualifier, and then we did the Grand Prix down there, and that was fun, man. We went out. We had good times. Um. They had that one bar there that we went to that was like, uh, was it arcade bar or something with the open air garage doors? I love when places do stuff oh, like yeah. that. And it's like lined up arcade machines mm-hmm. around the bar. 
Yeah, man, that harkens me back to Houston when uh when I lived down there. That, yeah, that the open air bars were for obvious reasons what that place is all about. I remember Actually, that Barca- Barcadia. I would say Houston ever... is probably the good, the best rival to Phoenix that I've come across in that respect. Like you said, I don't know if uh, you remember this bar from Houston, but when I went out down there, Kung Fu Saloon, and it was exactly like that with the ring around <laughs> arcade, like in a big like college and going out district and everything. The Kung Fu Saloon. Do you remember what part of town that was in? Because I don't. Doesn't. Oh, I can't remember the neighborhoods, unfortunately. But yeah, somebody. Down Were you there? Were you there me. with me and Rich? No, I Were... went down for a tournament in I don't know. It was like January of 2018 or March or something like that. Oh, recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, man, it was fun. We went out and they had like pretty good neighborhoods and and somebody was telling me it's like the most bars per capita or something of any city in the United States. So I didn't realize Houston was that crazy. But yes. That does sound crazy. Houston's a lot of things. Bar capital, though, I don't know. It's just so freaking huge, man. I mean, there's definitely plenty mm-hmm. of great places there. Um, and I do recall, I do recall a lot of arcade bars fondly, and a lot of um, yeah, like everything's outdoors there. That's the best part. Yeah, you just roll around, so everything can stay open. Whatever, like I don't know, even even in the winter time, what's the worst that can happen? They just bust out those heaters, and everyone still sits outside. Yeah, I mean, that's the best part. I think, like, I'm trying to remember, it was, I think it was the last weekend in January when I went there, and it was, like, 65 degrees, and we were bouncing around to bars, we were in, like, t-shirts, squat going around, it was awesome, and probably, like, the best, I would easily say the best street food, like, taco truck type stuff that I've ever had in any city, like, true, like, southern Tex-Mex style, like, really really high grade like taco ingredients and everything yeah they got that shit figured out man it's been a while it's, it's making me want to go back there houston had that figured out i feel like the food truck scene was really like kind of like borrowed from austin because austin was the original food truck capital but um it was really starting to blow up by the time i left which was 2013 yeah so, and i don't know what their daytime life was like i mean you and rich lived down there for a number of years but just two, just two years, but I don't regret them at all. Houston is a fun, fun, fun town for sure. Um, what was living in Miami like, man? Because when I, I, I guess I got there, lucky. <laughs> I was gonna say no hurricanes either during the two years. Oh I, yeah, like, you dodged some bullets for sure. I, I definitely dodged some bullets because Rich was telling me about the hurricanes before, and then you know obviously Harvey since then. So I don't know if that place is the same, but yeah, I don't know. Like I. Uh... Yeah, I thank God, like, talking about Miami, like, I totally dodged all the Miami hurricane roll-ups, too, the year I was down there. It wasn't bad at all. Did either of you guys ever have to, like, board up or do anything for a hurricane? Dude, I wanted to, but, like, there was never any shitty weather like that, so Honestly, I never had not, to do dude. anything. Mm-hmm. It's like I got, I got lucky. I mean, that, that's just what it is, man. You roll the dice every single season <laughs> and, and wonder if you're going to, but... Well, my thing was, like, dude, I wanted to do it because, like, dude, you just, like, you fucking – I guess it's sort of like now. It's like you just sit at home. You, like, stock up on food. You, like, drink yourself halfway to death and, like, fucking sucker punch your liver. I mean, honestly, like – What, living in Miami or just no, in general? No, hurricanes. Right, hurricane. hurricane. Oh, yeah, yeah. hurricane. Attitude, too. I remember talking to him. This is pretty much yeah. hurricane right here, yeah. Oh man! He's like, I, I, I just go outside and revel in the destruction. 
And like all the glasses are shattered, all everyone's windows are blown out. All this Dude, shit. I remember Rich was like in some kind of an inclement weather down there because I remember his like sixty-story condo or apartment or wherever he lived that was like a tall building downtown was like swaying in the wind from one of the storms down mm-hmm. there or something like that. No, so he actually, so he didn't actually live there. He's at his buddy's place because oh. uh, downtown Houston has underground electricity and cable. So, like, it's nearly impossible to lose power in downtown Houston. So, he actually rode out at a buddy's place. Like, he was, like, they just sat around and, like, watched the Final Four on, like, television and, like, <laughs> drank for, like, the whole weekend. That's all they did. They, like, watched NBA ba- or, uh, college. like, not college, fo- college baseball. Or, not baseball, mm-hmm. but basketball. Honestly, that sounds like what I'd be doing that weekend anyways. That's, that's pretty good. Like, hole up, get some booze. Watch some basketball, which unfortunately we didn't get to this year, but dude, exactly. Like this year it's like like you can't do shit with people. That's the annoying thing. It's like, dude, I can't you know, you can't do shit with people. So I think if I if this had come I mean, one month later, I still would have been going pretty insane, but I definitely would have been way more at peace because I would have had been to Vegas, I would have been able to watch the March Madness <laughs> tournament. Uh, a lot of things would have been better. Spring break had just happened that's a, before. That's this. a good point. We had like two vacation too many vacations that were canceled too. We would have been out to Colorado twice, no, once, and then we would have gotten to go to the cabin, the cabin up in the Smokies with, with the mats. We would have had a little North Carolina cabin oh, trip that's in. That's right. I saw you guys. Dude, why? Dude, I'm like, so you guys are all like, we should have, we would have gone on vacation. I'm like, dude, I'm like thinking about like tomorrow. I'm going to do a little bit of day trading, but I'm tempted to like. Do a cannonball run and fucking just drive across the United States, load up a car with like Good. a big. Chris, you should. I've been tempted. Break the record again, dude. Wait, it's like wait, I'm a just... cannonball record. Is that just uh, is that pure driving or is it like you're getting out and doing stuff? What exactly does that ooh, mean? Ooh, let me sure. tell you. In normal guy, circumstances, have you been followed about it? Incentives. Have you followed the news about the guy claiming to have broken the cannonball re- uh, record like a week into? Uh, no, not a week. Two two weeks into like the lockdown of most of the country. No, the <laughs> cannonball. The cannonball is totally official, John. You have to like start at a particular. It's like the Red Bull Garage in New York. Like you have to start on a particular street, and then you have to drive to a hotel parking lot on the other end, like on the other beach in California, and that is the official from point A to point yes. B. And it, Otherwise, otherwise, it's like no rules besides that. Those are the only two things. What are the fastest? What's the fastest way that you can drive between those two points? <laughs> I love it how it's like the cannonball run is like the average speed on a cannonball run is like 120 miles per yeah. hour. Oh my god! So it's yeah. like like these people are like they're like they're like <laughs> they like set up their car like they're like they have like radar detecting shit and like all this like specialized equipment. They have spotters and shit, mm-hmm. so they don't get. I'm like, it's funny. I like, take it I'm, you've learned you've learned up on this, Chris. I, oh, I've learned up about. Apparently, it it's a, I, I a movie it's a too. I didn't know that. Fascinating story. Oh yeah, dude, it's like a 1970s movie. With 1981 Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, I just looked this up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have never even heard of this before. This is great. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm like, I'm like seriously tempted to be like, see if I can find somebody to do it with me and just fucking do it. Just be like, fuck it, we're in quarantine. Everybody's off the fucking roads. Dude, if I had nothing like going on right now, I would totally do a cannonball run. That, I mean, that sounds like fun. I mean, we have nothing else to do. And that sounds like pretty damn entertaining. Who's going to be your spotters? Dude, <laughs> well, dude. Well, so here's the thing, though. 
Dude, the my spotter's going to be Waze, the, the app Waze. <laughs> no, well, they do that. But the, the other thing is, like, you understand that, like, most cops, they don't want to interact with people. So they're, like, not even, like, pulling yeah. people over right now. Like, you talk to, like, you, like, see them posted. They're, yeah. like, they're, like, they're, like, it's got to be, like, felony in progress in order for me to fucking respond to this shit. So, like. That's what so, it's kind of insane when they were, uh, yeah, the. They were claiming that they had broken the cannonball record. So th- these times are kept officially. I guess you this need This is some a recent of... thing, sir? Yeah. And it's crazy because the, the cannonball record should theoretically get harder and harder to break the many. Like it's, it's the same. It's the same two points in the country, but traffic and congestion and amount of, amount of vehicles on the roads just keeps going up year after year. So theor- theoretically, like if you get, if you get into one bad, like highway gets closed down or under construction or something like that, you're, you're screwed. Like you have to stop it halfway through, right? You gotta be maintaining those speeds. So, so the I don't know if you could be screwed though. Cause you're going to have hiccups. Like if you do a cross country road trip, there's like no way you don't encounter some kind of slowdown. Well, the thing is like, the well, record breaking, I guess there's some, there's some slowdowns, but it's like, you have to like, again, you're averaging 120 miles per hour. Oh so yeah. You gotta yeah. understand. Yeah. Like so you got to understand that these like these guys are doing two hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys yeah. are driving like illegally in hot cars and not oh, slowing down for these anything. Are, yeah. yeah, dude, <laughs> it's like they're like they're like they're like dude, like our first gas, like they're like so like literally they're doing like two hundred miles per hour. They're like they're working in a team. Like one of them sleeps, one of them is awake, and like they're just flying down. One of them is like literally <laughs> doing like the Batman thing where it's like 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 using radar to like determine where cars are and like how they like weave in and out of traffic to like make forward progress and shit. Dude, this is so boss. This is like a damn video game. Well, and the funny thing is they're like, they're like, dude, the thing that kills us is like, we have to stop for gas. Like we don't have enough (laughs) gas to drive across the United States. So like, so there's there's the car with like the gas like thing hanging off and they're doing like a mid road gas refill. Cause that's, I feel like, (laughs) Oh, dude. That would probably I'm, explode, though. But somebody, yeah. No, but they're, like, they're, like, talking about it. They're, like, they're, like, dude, like, we will, like, stop. And, like, like we'll have, like, four, like, they'll have, like, um, like they'll change their whole entire, like, change trunk tank, area. Right? Yeah. They, no, they'll have, like, the t- they'll have, like, a trunk tank. And so they'll, like, pull into a gas station. And, like, they'll fill out the regular tank. They, like, grab two other pumps and they're, like, pumping two other tanks. Like, two, mm-hmm. they're pumping up all these fucking tanks. Mm-hmm. Like four or five pumps at the same gas station working at the same time to fill it to minimize that downtime. You gotta like, you gotta is, maximize that. How many times? I think they just stop for gas like once. They have a hyper modified gas tank. Um, I think it was like two or three times when they broke two. their blood. Okay, but it's like like they're just not so like you understand like these guys are like 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 well across the United States before they stop for gas yeah. because they're like they're like they're like I have to slow down to get off the interstate to like do this and to like get gas and I like and then I'm like on normal roads and I like have to actually stop. So every second I'm sitting there stopped. Like if I sit a minute at this gas station pumping gas, that's three or yeah, that's four miles, miles hour, down the sure. road. Yeah. yeah. That's like three or four miles that I did not make progress. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's what so, they're doing. All right. So what was the what was the official amount of time that the guy did? The new record, it's like seventeen hours and something. Was less than no, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Oh my god! Yeah, it's thirty-seven. So uh, my understanding, I was about to say, there's, there's no like, way it was it, less like, than twenty-four hours. That I don't know how you would cross the entire country. I thought it was seventeen. Hold on, dude. This is testing our math skills over here. 
Yeah, I had no. I mean, I had never heard. Oh, uh, never mind. I did not know. Twenty six hours. Twenty six hours and thirty eight minutes. I thought. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. That is like. Dude, this is reminding me though. We were talking like not getting caught by the law or like avoiding it or not caring. It was reminding me of some of the road trips with like the speeding factor because you know we would go to tournaments that were like eight or ten hours and wanted to make like good time. And I remember one of my buddies in one of the trips, he got three speeding tickets in one trip from Madison to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And like the cop pulled up and like saw like had him open his drawer to get his like, you know, license and registration and saw the other speeding ticket in his drawer. It was like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Wait. It was just like, oh man, it was so ridiculous. And then my other buddy was using like ways and i use that i use that quite a bit on a few trips back in the day i don't do it anymore but he was going like 100 miles an hour to nebraska like an eight-hour trip the entire time made the trip to nebraska and almost made it back and with like 40 minutes to go got a speeding ticket see i don't understand why like people speed that much i mean dude i drive an hour and a half to like new york city for my job i was like dude you don't you save a little bit of time but it's yeah. honest, I mean, all right. It's Nebraska. there's a law of diminishing admit, returns, but like if you're doing right. like uh, if you're doing like a six plus hour trip and you're going the difference between like 65, 70 miles an hour and like like hundred and thirty, like, then yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of a time uh, difference. It's not worth it in my opinion, but there's yeah. definitely some human emotion that comes into play. I think when you're yeah. stuck in when you're stuck in having to make this trip for an hour and a half, well, what else can you do? It makes you feel like you have some control if you can shave right. off, you know. I'm, I'm on the five, side of five, Chris. Ten minutes. Like, I'm on the side of Chris. Like, I'm definitely a, like, like a eight to ten over or whatever, maybe, you know, usually when I'm driving highway mode. But there's definitely friends of mine that consistently drive, like, 25, 30 over. And I'm just like. Dude, like, 25, 30 is where you start getting, like, reckless, like, endangerment tickets. Yes. Like, yeah. like, yeah. And then, like, Man, that's not, like, a, it's not, like. That's not like, yeah. And the problem with that shit is like, it's not just like a fine. That's like jail time. That's yep. the problem. Like there comes a point like, dude, if it's like a $300 fine, fuck it. Like you caught me, screw it. It's like, there's a point where it's like, dude, you're going to spend six months in jail. It's like, right. what the fuck? It's like, the demarcation <laughs> line where you're a criminal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a point where it's just like, as you said, there's a line there that, that oh, you no. don't. Even a 20 over ticket is not. You know, it's not something to like just brush off lightly. It's just yeah, that's a lot of points. Doing it for a while. I mean, it's gonna be expensive, and your insurance is gonna go up. But let's be honest, like you know, it's not the end of the world. Like it's not like you're getting arrested for six months. So yeah. (laughs) That being said, I'm uh yeah. Even when things were, I guess things were kind of beginning to clear up before everyone got told to go home. But I used to drive like like up to my job to Alpharetta. It's like thirty thirty five mile drive. It takes 35 minutes on a good non-traffic day, but like up to an hour to get there. And yeah, like if I if I can hit a patch where there's like miraculously no traffic, oh yeah, I want to speed up and cruise at like 80, 85 in a in a 65 zone just because it feels so good to be out of traffic for a little bit. Dude, you know what you're dealing with it in the Atlanta life there. That traffic's horrendous. Uh, I'm dealing with it now. Are you so? Yeah. yeah was, speaking of which, uh, obviously Georgia is kind of like uh, loosening up there. Are you like physically <laughs> back at work or no? Georgia running it loose. Yo, loose, you got a haircut, sir? 
You got the you got the haircut. You got Dude, the haircut. I did not. Yeah. I did not go to my barber. I should um. But uh, I love I love my barber. I would want to when it's I safe too, to yeah. to head back there. But ne- negatory. I did get a haircut. It was a homemade haircut. Zoop. Dude, I'm, I'm going to probably a, be on that train too of having Lindsay try to do something for me here soon. We'll yeah, see. Amanda bust out the doors. Um, but yeah, George's indeed opened up the floodgates. And I was talking to Amanda a little bit ago because now it's been two weeks officially since like the Wait, first restrictions. Has it really been two weeks? Mm-hmm. I thought it was only like a week. No, really? it's been a week. It's a week since the statewide shelter in place expired. But there's like <clears> other things where like um, it's been Governor, two weeks. Didn't since he want like to? Yeah, like didn't he want to accelerate it or something? Is that why it's been longer? Restaurant, rest, restaurants, hair and nail salons, and bowling alleys. I think amongst a, a couple, there's like these weird tro- chosen businesses that were allowed to reopen as early as Monday two weeks ago. So, and I don't know, like, it, it's honestly been such a, like, uh, such a shit show just trying to track what's going on, but I haven't heard anything like super ominous because they were allowed to open two weeks ago and like people bum rushed them. We'd be right. We'd be staring at a, a secondary spike in cases. And I don't think that's happened yet. Dude, the hilarious but, thing with, with Georgia dude, is that like one, not keeping those, it down. well, a lot of those businesses like are ones that like are not like low risk and, and also business. And also they, uh, Atlanta numbers or the Georgia numbers, yeah, were like still going up as the governor was like, We're gonna open mm-hmm. up. We're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. They're just like <laughs> Yeah, well the thing is the thing is like the numbers are a delayed statistic. True. So like true. Yep, j- I mean that's the thing. Like that's it's like I like people are like, Oh my god, like the numbers are going up. I'm like, that just tells you you were doing a shitty job of quarantining two weeks ago. That's what you're telling yourself. Is you yeah. two weeks ago you were a shitty population. Well, like the numbers now, are different you know. depending on the sources you're checking, and also like wh- like how many tests right. are we actually getting? Because like I yeah. don't know about you guys, but you can't get tested here if you wanted to. So I mean, you know, well, I wonder how the I heard how those numbers. I heard taken. something about voluntary testing. Oh, Amanda was saying that you could go sign up. A lot of people are encouraging. So we we do have it. I mean, we got the CDC here, and we got a number of labs. So hopefully, they should be pumping out tests. But I do hear it's still like a wait. So where have you been since this restriction is lifted? Have, have you guys been cautious still, I assume? Yeah, I haven't gone anywhere. I mean, we've gotten takeout from some places, but not like, no, we have not. We have not like pretended. We have not like pretended like it's actually safe to go somewhere. We're still hungering down. You I have mean, not ex- exercised your constitutional right to go bowling. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> are you really an American, sir, if you don't go bowling? Honestly. I just can't wait. I just can't wait to slip my fingers into each one of those rental bowling yes. balls. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone be down. <laughs> dry, your, dry your hands over the little blower thing that like spreads everything all over the place. I mean, exactly. no, I'm just know, thinking about the big Lebowski and him wiping that towel all over the bowling ball. Yeah. Dude, dude, all, all I gotta say is you're not you're not doing a good American job, sir. You're you're not you're not making use of your right to go bowling and. uh <laughs> I'm not quite sure where we're going with this, but yeah. It's like bowling alleys of all places. Yeah. It's very like, random. Want to go get your nails done. But so your work, your work is still all telework, it sounds like. And uh, <clears throat> have they talked to you about like going back? No. And they're like totally like, we're just still in wait and see mode. So we're already having the discussion, although Wisconsin's like, opening is later. Okay. But they are. We're starting it. It's in its infancy. I mean, like you said, information is all over the place, and so nobody really knows what to do. 
but they're starting to discuss like rotational yeah. shifts potentially or things like that, which is already what we're doing. But obviously our job, there's more essential work to be done kind of thing. Yeah, it's, fra- it's, it's fractured. And I think that's the same thing with Georgia, honestly. They've just split down the line. I don't even like, I mean, I don't know. This is this is where like it depends on how paranoid you are or whatnot. But the governor like of Georgia like, came out and said, if you can still shelter in place, continue to do so. But if it's like imperative, like I guess he just basically doesn't want people falling through the cracks, people who are already um, you know, in need of food assistance yeah, and whatnot. Like left it up to gonna, people. What are they gonna do? But he's like, if you can, you know, do, if you can afford to, do the right thing, stay home. All right. We're going past but, COVID uh, here. I know it's it's old news here. It's it's old news, it's current news, it's everything news. Um and Chris, you you guys are stay at home still for like another couple weeks anyways too, right? Well, sort of. Like so uh my area is, but they opened up northwest Pennsylvania. So like the middle of nowhere technically opened up on Friday. So sure. I I I don't live there and I don't really have any interest. Uh, you know, I I say I don't have an interest, but I was up there like over the weekend cuz uh I wanted the weather was supposed to be really good and so I wanted to do some astrophotography and uh so I ended up driving out to the middle bumfuck Pennsylvania and uh did some astrophotography. It was sort of cool, but How how are you doing this astrophotography? Oh. I want to know more. It's uh so I mean, I have Literally just a, a uh, mirrorless camera and a uh, like a Sony and a tripod. Yeah, it's uh so it's a it's an Olympus camera. So but it's got it's got replaced. It's the lenses and whatnot. It's a micro for a third, so you can put different lenses on. I have uh, I have you know some of the cheaper lenses, but I also have a few really fast good primes prime lenses, and uh, so one of them's a nice wide angle lens, and so. I like drove out and I have a um, a nice tripod and so I drove out, put my camera on the tripod and you know played around with it for a few hours out in the middle of fucking nowhere at you know 3 a.m. in the morning. So, so do you get to, do you capture the long exposure shots where you can yeah so stars and um, yeah time yeah I do that uh, I could do that like so I mean it's not unfortunately the the camera it's a lower end one uh i was probably like john you have like a nikon d something isn't it like I a, have a d, lower end one yeah d40 or something yeah yeah exactly like i have essentially that's what it is and so but i have a but as i said i have a few very fast very good lenses for it and so you could just you know you set it to like like a delay of a second and then it'll stay open for you know however long you want it to do it and it'll capture whatever so Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty cool. You definitely need, um, you definitely need a tripod though. And I didn't have that until like Christmas. I ordered one like last summer, but it didn't finally it got here like two months ago or three months ago over Christmas time. Oh, I haven't that's, had... that's a long, uh, shipping period there. Where did you <clears throat> order this thing from? So it was a uh, peak design. So I don't know if you, either of you guys are familiar with them. They make, uh, like really high end camera equipment. And so they had a Kickstarter for a tripod that they were going to make. But you had to, like, it's essential. I mean, it's a, if you were to buy it now, it's like a $500 carbon fiber tripod. And so it's, like, super lightweight. It's very stable. Like, it's easy to set up and whatnot. And so 
Kickstarter. It is what it is. But you got this piece. Are you happy with your Kickstarter product? I actually am. I've actually had really good uh, luck with Kickstarter in the in the past. Nice. Um, right now, I have one Kickstarter that I'm a little bit pissed about because it was like 200 bucks for like uh, smart lights. So like, you know, like there's like the you, sometimes you see in stores they have like squares or panel or like the different panels that light up different colors mm-hmm. and you can put them in a pattern. Uh, I bought one of those online and it can't, it was supposed to come with like 30 panels and like a, it hooks into wireless and everything. And unfortunately I don't think they're going to make it. So, um, so I'm sort of out 200 bucks for that, but um, I think everything else I've so ordered. So what happened? So you're, you're just out. You're just SOL. <laughs> yeah. No refunds. Sorry, but sorry, but no refunds. You're just out of money. Like, yeah, but like it's a I mean, that's a lot of money, I guess, to like to be down, certainly. But it's like it's kind of cool that you're like taking a chance, though, and giving a company a chance. Like I haven't bought anything directly through Kickstarter, but the stuff I have bought that was a Kickstarter originally has been like like nice products, like actually good gear. Yeah, no, I mean, I've as I've ordered two or three games through Kickstarter. I the tripod was through tr- Kickstarter. I've had some other stuff that I've ordered through Kickstarter. So I've had like on a whole, I think I'm like seven of eight right now for orders that I've done, nice. which is you know, That's which is lot, pretty yeah. good. I mean, you know, I, I I will bet I am somewhat. I do a lot of research before I order something off of Kickstarter just because. Dude, there's a bunch of shit that the people doing the Kickstarter have no fucking idea what they're doing. Like, they have no idea what they're getting into. Yeah. And you, you, like, see, like, the product looks cool, but you're just like, there's no way this group can execute on it. Like, absolutely no what's way. An, what's an example of that? Because you can kind of, like, get a feel for that in their videos, but what, <clears throat> what's an example of one you looked at and you were like, oh, shit, these, these guys are win- in way over their heads. Let me check here real quick. Um, I know, I'm looking on their website. A lot of the times when it's all like flush, it was all fluff and no actual. And also a lot of the times now, because on the videos that I've seen that always like come to the forefront, but these are like the well-vetted ones. The people start off talking about their credentials, right? They're like, hi, like this is what I did sure. in the past. So to get you to like Source believe background. that they can, they can actually like pull this off. You know? Well, you would need that. I'm not going to like throw my money at like, a blind company i would hope that there is some you know like some background that you trust the person's going to try to carry it from square one to the, the finish line but mm. i i think it's you know, I mean, you're taking a gamble sir i'm not saying like i'm not not being naive about it i'm you're definitely taking a big gamble but i think like you're taking an educated gamble here yeah i mean yeah. so like there's like an educated gamble and they bought firefest tickets too <laughs> they bought what tickets Firefest tickets. <laughs> what is Firefest? Oh, the Fry Fest, yeah. Firefest, yeah, with that piece out, that Jar Rule Festival. Yeah, dude, like, oh, so like, dude, yes, I know all about that, yeah. The one where it was like the was all Bahamas or whatever, and they yeah. had like so many artists getting together and booking tickets for it, and then the whole thing was a mess when they got down there. They hyped, they hyped it up, and they are the ultimate, like, well, they didn't know how to fuck. None of them, like, ran a festival. They hired people like out of nowhere and we were just kind of like, just kind of pushed them to like, just get shit done. And then the thing was a massive colossal disaster. 
Oh, yeah, boy. I like. I don't see any like obvious ones. Uh, the big one that was a mess that I know of was uh, the cooler, whatever the active the like the like music cooler that like they came somebody came out with. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. Like music cooler. Uh, it was like cool your food and play your jams at the same time. I mean, that's that's what's needed at the pool life that we've got. Well, we probably won't have this summer, but that uh, we had last summer, man. Whoever had the best portable speaker definitely had it going on. Yeah, man. Like so. Uh, have you uh, seen those like trash can size speakers, like the big, the big boys that can like, like something you'd see at a concert, or are you talking about like on the portable? <clears throat> Like you can get those as like USB powered powered speakers now. They're I don't know. Yvonne brought one to the last Armageddon that I attended. I remember because oh he's got one of those things, and it's like a pretty hefty. Like it's it's about the size of a carry on luggage thing, and it comes with like a roller wheel. But it, what it is is really just a, a massive Bluetooth speaker that you hook your phone up to, and yeah, play it party style for for everyone. We actually got our friend Pete one, and a lot of times they're the same. They're like waterproof like um you know they're they're padded disruption proof you can like throw them in a pool <laughs> they're like super hardy and they yeah. pump out some they pump out some bass i've definitely seen like the jbl variety and that sort of stuff and that's uh but i but yeah i haven't seen the ones that are like concert size that plug in usb that's pretty slick yeah they're not like the ones that you stick in your backpack this is like next level yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some, as I said, like, the one that I saw that, like, ended up being an absolute mess was, like, a Bluetooth, like, speaker embedded into a cooler and shit, and it was, uh, it was interesting. That Did was the cooler, a like, leak into the speaker? <laughs> no, it was, like, it's, like, I, I like, there's, like, more to it. There's, like, and, like, it's, like, they had issues, and so they, like, deliver. it was weird, because they, like, delivered half of them. And then the problem is they like they ran out of money, so then they they like sold them to uh, Costco. So like Costco was like selling it before like half their Kickstarter backers. Um, I'm like, and so like there's like this huge massive issue, and they're like, dude, we're gonna like we're gonna like work on it. We'll try and get you your your speaker. So like. Fuck you! You're paying. You're like you're selling our product to other people. Like yes, dude. Cooler. My friend in Iceland, um, he was talking about. He ordered his bike, his custom bike on Kickstarter too. Ran the same exact issues, waiting months and months <laughs> and months. They had production delays. They literally started selling those bikes at like um, bike shows before he had gotten his. <laughs> he got he got his officially. That's shady. Yeah, that was I mean, a little bit of a. Yeah, it's, so, it's shady, but like I don't know, like they have to like when you run out of money, like that that's that's the shit that happens. That's part of your Kickstarter risk, right there. You want to play Shark Tank? You play yep. Shark Tank on Kickstarter. They could run your your company takes your money and runs out. Yeah, yeah, like that's definitely like that's definitely a problem. So I uh, that's why I I very rarely do Kickstarters, but it's like I have done it the. Uh, I, I'm sad that this one blew up in my face, the one that's, you know, that with the lights, because I was hoping, like, I was going to fucking have, like, a little disco ball on my, like, living room, like, a lighted wall. I was like, 
it's going to be great, but not anymore, probably. That's, it's yeah. like, especially now with, like, this China shit, and it's like, like, that's not getting imported anymore. Like, that's the end of that. Like, so, we'll see. Yeah. And some of these are, like, mean, what's not getting imported anymore? <laughs> Dude, like, Trump is about to, like, fucking build a wall across the Pacific. Like, <laughs> like an import wall or whatever? On, Dude. On... Dude, yes, like, this man's about to, like, dude, he's gonna fucking, like, make China pay, and I don't, I don't, like, know how he's gonna do it, but I'm sure that this man's gonna fucking, like... Somehow I have a feeling they're not gonna pay. (laughs) Dude, somehow I think... Somehow! Somehow, I don't think Trump gives a... I have, like, I have heard some, like, Like, I have heard, like, some alternative, uh, like, sourcing, like, I saw, I was reading on Reddit, like, Apple... Um, the Apple sub on uh, for Reddit, and they were talking about how Apple is looking into doing all of their work through Vietnam and a couple other countries, and like skipping China entirely after this. Um, and I, I couldn't, I didn't see the source information, but I was curious. You know, they've been doing that for a while. Like they've been moving it to uh, Vietnam right. and yeah, India. they've been trying Actually, to get cheaper. India is a huge sure. one. That's yeah. not super weird. Yeah, but they can't. I mean, but but like, how are they going to do that? But the know-how just doesn't exist in those countries. Dude, I mean, all dude, the, I mean, a lot of third-world countries or other countries have gotten built up, you know, from the ground up on things by companies of that size. So, yeah, I don't see how it'd be any different. Interesting. Oh, I guess. I mean, those, I mean, those dude, I'm those countries have plenty of industry there too. Like, there's been industry in those countries for quite a while. At least India and Vietnam and a couple other areas. At least for years, the the people at Apple have publicly talked up like them and China are so intermeshed. The, the all the executives of Apple are like, we could not make the iPhone without China. China uniquely has the know how and the factories and the technical expertise. Like nowhere else in the world could like could their stuff be made if it wasn't for China. So the fact that they're looking at ways to get around that, well, I don't. Obviously, it's a different climate right now, but. Um, I thought they were definitely, they were one of the biggest proponents to globalization and that trans-Pacific partnership or whatever, because they knew how dependent they were on China to make every single iPhone that reaches these shores. Yeah, it'll right. be interesting. I mean, we'll see where, we'll see where things go with it. I mean, you know, a lot of that, a lot of those things are parsed out and everything too. And if they have to build factories from the ground up, who knows, but yeah, I can't imagine, Serg, I'm in your camp, like, I can't imagine that, you know, there's a huge shift in business away from there because, you know, there's so much that comes out of there, so, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they can try to, and for it's what, not just factories. And for what reason, like, what, that's, I want to know the reasons behind it, like, what, why would we discontinue, you know, taking products out of there, so. Dude, it's super easy. In the economy. Dude, you, Espionage is a big What's the reasoning, I guess? Well, dude, the reasoning is Trump puts a fucking 50% tariff on anything coming out of China. Well, yeah, I mean, he could do something like that, which would be interesting. Instant, like, your your iPhone that, you know, costs $1,000, now costs $1,500. I think that's going to be, like, and you get none of that extra profit. Right. That would would be be a shaker and a mover, for sure. So, like, dude, and it's like, and the thing is, it doesn't even have to happen in order for it to be essentially partially real. I mean, just the very risk of that happening. He just needs like, to tweet. Oh, no. Dude, 
it's just the risk of it happening is like means that you have to prepare for that. And so, all right. So maybe you don't stop making iPhones in China, which, you know, they're not doing, but maybe you make half your iPhones in China and half your iPhones in like India. So, and that's actually something that Apple's done. Apple's moving to building certain models of iPhones in India because it's. And would you I mean, be okay with that? Would you be down for an Indian-made iPhone? I don't give a shit. Dude, let's be honest. Maybe it last, maybe don't last as long. Dude, it's Apple tech. It's fucking the same. It's the same <laughs> shit. Whether you know, I'm not. I'm not asking for you know an iPhone that's like designed in India. I mean, this is not you know. You got to And the thing is, like people, like people are like, oh well, you know, China makes all this shit. It's like, well, dude, India makes all this. Can make the same shit. It's not rocket science. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, none of the three of us, I feel like, know like the complete interlayering workings of it either. Like, obviously, right. there's well, there's some established industry there that's you know that's guided that process to where it is today. There, but it it is it would be interesting to see how quick it could switch gears. Certainly, money and and political direction will dictate that pretty easily. So, right. oh no, I mean, it's the thing is, it's not like it's not like you know. It's not like the iPhone's not going to come from China tomorrow. It's, you know, yeah. you set up the supply chain five years from now and that, you know, you start building iPhones in India and Vietnam and wherever. Yeah. And then you decide, you know, then if something happens, it's it's essentially diversification of risk. I mean, that's that's all it is. I mean, well, you got to set up a whole culture and that takes time and a boatload of money, which Apple does have. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, a lot of companies do have, you know, you don't, the thing is you can hire for, if you, if you own all of the parts of it, you can have, you can set up whatever culture you want. I mean, and that's the thing. So like Apple, Apple prides itself on high quality equipment. That's what they do. They don't sell cheap shit. And so. You know, so if you're going to build it in India, you just require everybody to have really high standards. And as part of that, you also have them, you know, you test the shit out of it. And if it doesn't meet your standards, you essentially tell them no, and you're not paying for it. I mean, well, that's... And they're, and they're one company. And like you said, Chris, they have like control over the <laughs> process with, with their company. But right. I would be curious. I think it would it would be like how many chips start falling that way to see like a significant tide change where like the average consumer would notice anything from a price consumerism standpoint, like from actually most goods that we would purchase or things like that. It's like if Apple changes their factory location, it's like, okay, big deal. Like, you know, we see some changes with Apple or a couple other companies, but I'm curious if there's like a major shift. Like you said, if something happens where the suggestion or an effective order of like a tariff goes into play, that would be, I feel like we would see some pretty quick changes from that. Well, no, I mean, the thing is like, if a tariff came in, like you'd see some changes, but you can't, again, that's the thing. Like you can't have this, it's not overnight. You can't just pick up an iPhone plant and put it in India. Right. Yeah, that's right. what Chris, right. Chris is saying. Nothing's overnight. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like nothing's overnight. But the thing <laughs> is, there's this now, people are now realizing, and Apple's actually been doing pretty good at this for a little while, is realizing that there's a risk there. And so... Well, nobody uh, can do that right now either, at least like in the current state that we're in. You know, and things well, will get easier. You can set up plants. You can set up plants. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing. Like, you know, start building the, the future. Is, 
I mean, dude, like most of the iPhones are actually not like the high end iPhones, I think, come out of. Dude, I've been like I was I was listening actually to a really good podcast this week. Um, I think it's called The Pomp is the podcast, and they had um, the episode was from a few weeks ago, but it was with Mark Cuban from Shark Tank actually, and he he was talking about like how companies like the one thing that he sees that's kind of a common trait right now, which which I can totally see is that companies are really having like an impossible time with any kind of accurate forecasting. So it's like if you can't forecast, like I don't know how you would be able to even start developing like an actual concrete plan that you could rely on for a change like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean forecasting yeah. the political situation you mean? No, like forecasting like company directions for say six months down the road from now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Guidance. Because uh, we well, don't know, because there's so many unknowns right now with what's going on. Right, right. You don't know what's gonna be January twenty twenty one is gonna be like or what you're gonna be able to do from a physical standpoint. Here's yeah, the thing yeah, though. Everything's up like there. from a manufacturing stand like from just a straight manufacturing standpoint. It doesn't matter. I mean, it literally doesn't matter because you don't, you can't build a factory and staff it and make actual stuff for probably two years from when you break ground. Like it's probably you're that talking long. About, right. You're talking about like under normal circumstances, or you think? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Normal right, circumstances. Right. So I mean, and that's and so he, that's sort of one of the reasons that there's like so I've been with the investing and shit. You like look at everything. Like the U.S. GDP is like fucked quarter two like just absolutely fuck. sure yeah we inflated but ourselves here obviously. the thing is that's why those flat screens are still coming out of Janesville. they're coming guys just gotta wait for them yeah i mean sure. but here's here's the thing though so you so yeah so it's fucked right now but the question is does it come back you know the real question is how what does quarter three like you know yeah how does are October we buoyed? like does the what's u.s quarter bounce four? back a little bit yeah 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 i mean and so if the U.S. bounces back, uh, well, then, you know, then, all right, you have a bad quarter, but it's not the end of the world. Then you sort of, you can move on. If, on the other hand, like, do, they do the CERG thing where, no offense, CERG, but you've, uh, you're the perfect example of what I think is going to happen is people are going to open shit up. And the average person is just really like, nope, I don't feel like it. You're not eating, you know, you might eat out a little bit, but dude, you're not buying, you know, oh, you're not. I feel like going that's out, the truth. You know, like, like my my behavior is saying. Unless it's required. Yeah, nobody's going to be, nobody's going to be like, oh my God, I need a new computer. I'm going to go out and buy a new car. Well, well, yeah, like, yeah. Don't say nobody. Yeah, I mean, well, but this like sensible people, I think won't, but it's like, I mean, hell, even if you go to a target here right yeah. now, there's like a million people like all over the place still. So what percentage yeah. of the population it'll be do reduced. is doing a sensible thing? That's the question. Right. Of course there's right. going to be crazy buying cars. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. True. Yeah, always, but, dude, so, I mean, the funny thing is, so, like, and you see this, like, in the, uh, like, for instance, the cars, it is hilarious because, like, Hertz and rental car places and stuff like that, like, every single one of them has just not taken delivery of new cars. Just stopped. So you have like so yeah. you have these car companies that you know they were making you know they're making tens of thousands of cars for rental car agencies and every rental car agency is just like nope fuck it I don't need it right now like because they're is parking cars the yeah. rental yeah. start getting those sweet sweet discounts on that new Benz we always wanted yeah but when, when is Chris, that coming actually I want to master of the market <laughs> dude 
I, dude, if you want something, wait, uh, save your money. And I've been, I've been eyeing up months. a G wagon. When can I get myself one of those? Twelve months, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm telling you. Take on, uh, on flights over here, man, because. That's been a question in the last week or two that a lot of family and friends have been talking with me about. And we've been discussing, like, what's going on with flight prices right now? Are they going up because there's less passengers and they need to make money? Or are they deals still? Or what's the situation? Dude, I, I have no idea with prices. I mean, that's – I will say that, like – Pretty much every airline has like cut back their flying to hilariously low amounts of flying. Um, it it's like it's not even like it's not even funny. It's just like I mean, it's just like it's like super sad. Yeah, like like, I, like I've heard most like, flights from people like are it's like one person on the flight and things like that. But I'm curious. I saw a plane in the I saw a plane in the sky today, Chris. That's not true. No, I mean, there's, so there's like, so like, so, like, so like, yeah. I got lucky and I saw one plane. So one of the, um, so one of the, one of the step family members here, um, was, uh, living in New York, living in Manhattan and they had to, obviously like they wanted to get out of there because it was a disaster zone there. And so they flew back here. They stayed in a cabin for a couple weeks and then, um, they're flying, uh, and then they're, they stayed with some family here for a little while after quarantining and now they're going to end up going back to New York and they're trying to predict, like they're trying to figure out what a good time for that would be like end of May, start of June. But it sounds like ticket prices have been already creeping up for them. I mean, yeah, I mean, cr- ticket hmm. prices like cratered for a little while. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm looking at like, they want to go back to New York in June. It's such yeah. a weird dichotomy. Like, it's like bold. if you if you want like the airline industry, it's like if the airline industry, if they want like people to start flying again too, which obviously at this point, most people I would assume don't want to if they can. <laughs> but yeah. if they do want it, they would want to like they'd have to find like deals, I would imagine, or want to find deals. But it seems like like I don't know, understand like how the prices can be going up or be difficult. Depends on who your customer is. These peeps that are trying to return back to New York, like, is money is. Right, I mean, Park, like, and they the tickets. Are they deal hunters? The deal hunters are usually people who plan like way far out in advance. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, the thing is, I go to ATL for ninety-one bucks one way. Yeah, dude, dude, round trip to Madison from DC is one hundred and fifty-three dollars. So I'm like, dude, there's like, there's a, I mean, dude, you're not getting like a fifty-dollar fare. But yeah, well, Madison to DC, that's that's not like I mean that's oh that's a decent price, but that's not like that much of a deal. I mean that'd be like even like a non-COVID like time that would be like a decent a deal, but it wouldn't be that. No, that's not that amazing. Around oh, round trip. No, that's not, trip. dude. I flew to Philly last summer for like a hundred bucks, not even ninety bucks from from uh, Madison, I think. Yeah. So. That's like, I don't know if, like, yeah, that doesn't sound, like, super amazing. Like you said, Chris, they're not going to be a dollar anymore, although it was interesting because, like, I heard Frontier was doing some deal out of Chicago for a dollar for a while. But I would imagine, like, I'm surprised that flights are not, like, 50 75 bucks round trip. That's kind of where I would expect them to well, start falling into. Well, I mean, into. you know, that, dude, that's Frontier, though. Like, dude, you fly Spirit. Like, you, you fly the airline. Like, 
Like this is United. I'm looking at United, and oh, 150 bucks yeah. United, United round trip yeah. is pretty good. So the thing is, you got to realize the other part with the airlines is they've just like they're not flying many flights. Like, so I mean, like New York City, for instance, for United, they fly 15 flights a day in and out of New York City. Total. That's it. That's it's it. If you want to, yeah. like, that's it. You want to go to New York City, you have to like. And, like, it's not even, like, they're not even flying to, like, little airports. They're, like, hub to hub. So you have to fly to, like, LAX or, like, Chicago or, like, Denver. And then you go to New York City. Like, that's it. New And, like, Washington, D.C., for instance, has – it essentially has one flight a day pretty much anywhere you want to go. So you fly there. Like, everybody arrives at, like, 4 o'clock. You go – you get into the terminal – you go walk to your next airplane and you fly out at like five. That's it. That's like all the flying there is. Like if you show up at like 9 a.m. in the morning at like Washington, D.C., there's like nobody there because there's no flights. That is like, like that is actually a pretty astounding testament to like how <coughs> different things are right now that like I, I like I just imagine like an airport like New York or Washington, D.C. during normal times like. You've got to have like what ten thousand flights or something crazy like that, like to go to fifteen flights for all the places that people fly in and out of from there. I mean, that's that's yeah, insane. dude. It's dude. There's like no, there's no passengers. There's no like uh-huh. the passenger loads aren't bad because there's just no. I mean, dude, like you look at like a place like Buffalo, for instance, used to have like four flights a day, five flights a day on United. Right now they have like two. That's it. So you realize you just kind of sell. And then the other thing is like they're small airplanes. So you consolidated like 400 passengers that used to have down to like 50. Like, so you've lost 80% of your passengers and that's the way it is now. I mean, that's, you know, there's like two flights a day and like, you know, there's one to Washington DC. There's one to Chicago or there's one to Chicago. That's it. If you, right. you want to go somewhere else, well, fuck you. Like, that's, well, you know. it's under that. That part's understandable too, given what we're we're dealing with right now. Right. But all right, what's but yeah? Uh, what what cookery are we are we doing over here, gentlemen? What uh, what recipes are you getting into for this? This anybody doing yeah. anything interesting? I go, sir. Go. We made some um, Polish pierogies last night. That was a tasty little, tasty little thing. We made them with uh, like mashed potatoes and cheese mixture. Dude, this um, like the um, what's the place in Madison that's like well known for pierogies? I think we went there. for many? Okay, so Paul's many. We were talking about so they're a little different, right? Pelmeni pierogi. Pelmeni are boiled and they're smaller, and you can put cheese in them. I, I meat meat in them. Pierogies, I think you can also put meat, but most of them are just potato potato filled and i'm so used to i still enjoy a good frozen like you can get the pierogies from the frozen food section of your grocery store but you made that shit fresh rolled out the dough put in the little filling yeah and I've then you like and then you fry them up have like the big cooking projects going on i've always seen you guys have like these huge pictures of all the designed layouts and and chef action going on Amanda's Amanda's super great at documenting our travails. But uh, what was the thing that we made the other time where it took us like, oh man, 
it was like hours and hours of work. Oh, it was cannoli. That's what it was. So you know the uh, like the Italian classic dessert. Italian treat. Chris yeah, like, and I know what a cannoli dude, is. Dude, how how the fuck did it take you hours honor. to make? Dude, how did it take you hours to make cannolis? Well, like, I want to know. Fucking, yeah, what what are we doing here? I mean, that's that shit was like in, that shit was like intense. You have to make evolved. the filling. The filling is like super super important with like uh, like a mixture of cream cheese and a bunch of other stuff, and you gotta like store it in the fridge, and you have to like wait, give it a couple hours to like sit there. Can't just right. make it runs up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you have to buy, well, you have to make the dough. Then you have to buy the cannoli forms, which we had to like order specially, like those little roller, roller type deals. Then, then you roll it out, you make little rounds, you have to dip it in the oil. Then you deep fry them one by one. <laughs> then you get out and you stuff it with filling. Stuff it with all the tasty goodness too. Like we put a little pistachio nuts and little chocolate chips on the outer, outer side. And um, yeah, it was worth it. But that whole thing is in his man. That's an involved task. Time. All those. Yeah. See, I'm like, so like I under, I've done it actually from scratch once, but um, on advice of my relatives, it's better to just buy the shells. So <laughs> they're like, they're like deep frying the uh, cannoli shells is a pain in the ass, and like you never you never win that one. Like the thing is, like the cannoli shells just never come out quite perfectly. So you're just like because you can't. It's hard to get mm. them thin enough. It's hard to get them thin enough. I beg to differ, dude. We were mastered by the end. I agree. The first couple we had never done this before. The first couple were a little weird, and if they if they um, Loosen if you don't do them tight enough around the cannoli forms, they can float out and then they get all um, garbage. But by the end of that, man, we had had that shit down. They were coming out perfectly golden, crisp, right around there. Yeah. Dude, I feel like the, the scale for how good a cannoli is too is is quite large. Like I definitely like I've had like the store bought stuff and I've had some homemade stuff at like, you know, little mom mm-hmm. and pop shops. And then like we went to well, like speaking of Philly, we were just talking about, we went to Philly and uh, went to the Italian market area there and got some. And man, they were like 10 times better than anything I'd had back home. So it definitely seems See, like it could be a project where if you put your time in, there, there is a big reward there for that. The, re- the thing is, the reward is in the filling. And so... It sounds like you did a chocolate. What did you do with the filling? Did you like put uh, fruit or nuts or like? Well, it's the normal. The, the filling itself is just like the regular, the white filling, which is the standard one. But then you dip the edges in whatever stuff. We had all these, sir, all these dips. Sir, 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 sir. This is not how. I, I understand. No, that's you, how, throw the, you throw the so, confectionery into the filling. You mix it all in. That's the trick. So. Chocolate chips don't go in, they go on the end. But the thing yeah. is, if you buy the candied fruit, you chop it up, you dice it up really fine, and you mix it in with the filling, makes it infinitely hmm. better. Hmm. So, and then the so the thing is, the other thing is, so how, when you made the filling, how did you put it in the uh, in the cannoli rolls, cannoli shells? Uh, so we used a like a like a squeeze tube thing for like for decorating cakes. What are those things called? Right. Okay. Like the, where you have the little nozzle. So FYI, uh, again, 
I my my uh, Nana, my grandmother is probably going to murder me for letting this get out. But the trick is, you just cut. We're getting you family think, like, trade secrets. Here. We're getting we're getting family secrets at this point. I'm the mob is probably going to kill me, so I'm a dead man. But this, when's your next to only making? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. The family okay. secrets right, are coming no. up. So, so the trick is you put, you mix the cannoli stuff and then you decide. And then, so once you do that, then you put it in like a little Ziploc bag and put in like the candy or whatever you want into it, mix it up and then just, then just chop off a corner. And then yeah. you just, you just stick the corner of the like Ziploc bag in and squeeze it and sort of drag the bag out. And it'll it'll lay like the uh, the filling in perfectly possible, and you don't have to like. Okay. And then at the end, you just toss away the bag, or you just you know do what I do and just lick the fuck. You just turn it inside out and just lick the fuck out of it. So this is where clean. I feel like I need like an MS. Sounds about exactly of, what we did. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much. But the yeah. thing is, the trick is you just you need a make- Ziploc bag. I know we've got it. Amanda makes sure to get all the like fancy ingredients. We've got the actual decorator, and you can like choose the which nozzle. Oh, Choose the, the, the size that you can. No, you wanna... the, thing is, the thing is, oh. when you have this, when you have the bag, though, you can make little mini batches of various types of, like, filling. So, like, dude, if you want plain filling, you just, you know, you have a plain bag. If you have, you know, otherwise, if you want, like, a candied something so or... What other like, types of filling? You put the candied fruit in? What else do you put in? Good. You can do chocolate or you can do nuts. Chocolate doesn't work through the filling because it's too large. Mm-hmm. To be like, I mean, you put it in the filling, but it doesn't. What about work. throwing some like caramel in there? Uh, I've never good? done that. So I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, it does sound good. Uh, I don't know how it mixes though, but there's a, as I said, like the uh, the nuts are pretty good. The candied, I really like the candied fruit is the way to go. Yeah, in it. my mind. I, I had one more question on the Italian school of cookery for all y'all, because one of my favorite other dishes that we made um, is pasta e fagioli. Have you guys heard of that? I just call it the the pef p e f. I know you, yeah, I've had it. Before. Have. I'm trying to remember what 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 it is. Other than pasta basic what? pasta. It's basically a F-A-G-I-O-L-I or something. I think yeah. It's so fucking good. It is one of my favorite, and it's like a classic Italian dish it's like so hearty it's like a it's just a vegetable soup made with oh, like just yeah, your yeah. basic I'll, like olive garden obviously like I mean, the run-of-the-mill italian knockoff has it but yes yeah i know i know i know i've i've had it at least before it there but okay. i think but, they have um, it we at have a homemade killing it okay you so, have to send that over that sounds pretty good we got it, takes, the, it takes like nothing to make either. It's like it's like you cook a great soup and then you put the throw the pasta in for the last you know six or seven minutes and the, the soup cooks the pasta and then you just you just get a, a tasty pasta broth going. We we got into an important dis- uh, food discussion this weekend. We had some family time and uh, we got into this t- discussion of how to make the best steak. And this is an this is an important man session. I think we all have opinions on. I'm curious to know your guys' opinions. So this is what we discussed, and there was actually there's three of us guys talking about it, and there was some pretty good commonality actually for how all of us prepared the steak. The timing mm-hmm. I've never been like super good at, so it was interesting to hear their opinions because one of them has been a chef in the past, so he had you know like some good accurate timing I think for us, but. But the basic process that we all agreed on was 
take the steak out ahead of time. It has to have some time ahead of time to kind of be out at room temperature. It has to rest. I agree. Well, rest afterwards, yes. So we all agreed on like resting afterwards for say five to ten minutes. But prep prep was take it out ahead of time, have it at room temperature for a while, salt and pepper, two minutes aside, and then into the oven for four minutes. And he was telling us the real the real key is a lid on it in the oven for the four minutes, perfect medium rare. And then and after letting it rest for, you know, five or six minutes after you take it out. And we were talking cast iron here, too, but there's obviously a lot of different ways you could do it. Well, so I, I 90% there. Um, my only addition is oil that fucker up before you put it on the salt sure. and pepper. Yeah, so yeah, it's sure. like, So I was like, yeah, so so for the I, nonstick I, on I, the pan and just to flavor it. Yeah, for sure. Well, the other thing is, like, so layer oil keeps it a little bit juicier, if that makes it. Like, so what I do is, like, you know, you have a steak. You know, I go down to the bookstore shop. I go buy myself a nice, juicy fucking steak. Nice marbled. Not too marbled, but nice marbled. Right, enough for flavor, yeah. Enough for flavor. So, and then, yeah, you make sure it's, it's, like, not frozen or not cold, too cold. Oil it up. Put some oil on. Fucking slather it on. Make sure it's nice and oily. All right. Then, yeah, you need some large grain salt. And this is not table salt. Oh, we definitely. That's a good point. We definitely discussed discussed that kosher salt. Or I'm trying. We all we all preferred kosher salt. I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Mm. Or sea salt is, yeah. is definitely what was. People is it because kosher salt is milder? No, I think it's the coarseness huh? and the flavor. There's just a little bit of a, a little bit of a difference there. I mean, for me, it's 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 the it's the size and the coarseness and the flavor. I think that's that's why I prefer kosher salt for a lot of dishes in general than say like yeah, table salt or even like I mean even over sea salt too. But yeah, depends on what so, I'm doing. Um, so yeah, and then pepper, nice fresh pepper. Uh, I personally, I I don't. Yeah, cracked uh, pepper for sure. Cracked pepper. I don't, the thing is, the funny thing is, like, I just don't, um, I'm not interested in putting in a, in a, uh, oven. I like, I only grill. Like if I'm so going to do steak. Yeah, you wouldn't, you'd not do that if you grill. I'm, I'm talking about, I guess I should specify. I'm talking about stove no, I just, steak. I do the same, I do the same thing with grill. So I do the same, like, then you like, then, you know, then at that point, then you cook it to however you want it. Not too much heat, but whatever. Then, you know, you get it off, you let it sit for, as you said, rest for five minutes, and then, you you know, you do your thing. Um, I actually don't have cast iron at all, so I don't cook anything like that on... Uh, Dude, we got, uh, into, we got into the deep discussion with the cast iron. I, I didn't realize how versatile it was and how interesting it was with that, too. And that, well, one, we also had the, like, uh, endless supply of cast iron magazines that were at the family's house here, so this was, was pretty yes. great. Oh, yeah, there's no. some epic meal time there, like mac and cheese and the cast iron and some some pretty yeah, delicious me, looking stuff. Let me ask a question about that cast iron. What in your your family who's got those magazines and are cast iron fans? Do they grease up their cast irons with olive oil while not in use? Do they uh, keep a- so there was a lot of discussion on actually yeah, the cleanup and maintenance of it. Um, I I didn't I didn't keep up with all of it, but 
Crisco was like a big part of the conversation. I know as far as like preparation or right. cleanup or maintenance. Um, but they actually had a variety of methods that they used for cleanup. So there wasn't like a consensus there. I did learn never to put dish soap in your cast iron. So I learned that was like the big no, no, never to do. But uh, yes. yeah, apparently Crisco and other things like that. So um, I'm trying to remember what there was. Oh, the oil was the most interesting thing they were talking about. So when cooking, they were he was saying how the type of oil you use, there's a like not a flash point, but the the amount of smokiness and kind of that kind of flavoring that comes off of it. There's a big difference between the different oils that you use, yeah. and that's a big deal. So like canola oil for higher heats and less yeah. smokiness, less invasive. Uh-huh. Now we're getting into cooking with oil. Versus like olive now, oil where you want the flavor to soak so in and it cooks at a low. I, here's the thing. Like I I don't have cast iron. I It's too hard. It's too much pain in the ass. Whatnot. And apparently it's more independent too. I own a wok. Like a traditional, I've got a traditional, walk too. I love like the walk. Yeah, walk it, this thing, this thing, I have like all the various like seasoning shit for like Asian cooking. So like with my wok, and so I actually own about four or five different types of oils depending on what I want to do with the wok. So I have like you know I have a sesame oil that I want like a nice high heat. I'm, I'm I have, with you 100 percent on the sesame oil. I think that's like a big key to good like wok, stir fry, or anything, you know, Asian so preparation that you want. Yeah. I have, like, it just tastes amazing. Whatever you add to oil to. Like well, olive oil is good. Like depending on like, especially I, I would say like, so I have like a, an Asian style, like olive oil that I use for uh, like veggies, which is pretty Asian good. Asian style olive oil. I think it's olive oil. Like it's, it might yeah, be something. Doesn't sound like it makes sense. Uh, Combining, dude. The, I have the Italian wait, Asian me, market. Give me a second here. Give me a second. Also, tell me if you got that chili sesame oil. You know, you know where that shit's at. All right, that's Chris is a, apparently on a pantry in. mission now. We've we've sparked the uh, we've sparked the pantry mm-hmm. mission. Well, no, but anyways. I, but I, while he's going to the pantry, I was genuinely curious because Amanda did read read the in order to maintain cast iron stuff. Like after you're done cleaning them, you yeah. should always keep them like lubed up with oil, like just just over time as they sit. That that's apparently the maintenance formula. That, and I wanted to see if any of your family members agreed with that. They didn't right. mention keeping it oiled up, but they did talk about like a couple of different ways to clean it and that it was very specific, but um, unfortunately my memory's failing me here, but I don't remember it keeping it regularly oiled as one of the Is that something Amanda has, you know, stuck to doing? And I should actually probably we use ours all the time though. Like keeping it oiled, it's like a pain in the keeping butt. Keeping it keeping it like inside and active was definitely like a pressed thing for sure that you wanna, you know, basically keep using it over and over again and have it have it accessible just, and ready to go. Is this with the uh, like walk or with the? Uh... Uh, we're talking. We went back to cast iron for a minute. All right. Here, yeah. What's the yeah. walk, uh, Chris? What did? What was the pantry? Uh, okay. The pantry. So run. we have, we have the. I mean, obviously, there's like the normal oils that you like canola oil and whatnot. But I have avocado oil, which is great for uh, salads. It, it, salads, but also has a nice high smoke point. 
so it won't like so if you want a nice hot heat it won't start on fire i have stir fry oil which is cottonseed oil infused with garlic herbs onions and high heat and oh, then cool. i haven't heard of that one yeah so stir fry oil okay stir fry oil. but yeah it's just it's cottonseed oil with herbs and then um i have coconut oil so mm -hmm. so you know i actually use that one more not not so much for cooking but primarily with my uh dehydrator and so if i want to make like a um i'll like you know i'll blend up some shit and just you know make a puree and then i want to dehydrate it and make like a fruit roll up i just smother some coconut oil on the tray so it doesn't stick and it's it's very light mm. taste and then Dude, you, you gotta hook us up with this homemade fruit roll-up recipe man Dude, I do, that shit. Just, do you make a fruit by the foot Dude, I make gigantic pans of it when I go flying. It's great. Uh, unfortunately, dude, this is well, like... You make dude, your own fruit roll-ups, man. Dude, <laughs> I make my own fruit roll-ups. It's like, it's great. Uh, healthy, <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like I don't have to worry about the fruit going bad. It's like straight there. It's just like a little snack. So, you know, you're having a busy day. You know, you take a little bit of, you know, uh, yes. whatever. Um, oftentimes... Yes. Oftentimes, like, you know, I just buy random ass fruits. I'd just be like, give me like, give me like a watermelon. Give me like, I'd be like, give me some grapes. Give me some watermelon. Give me like some, uh, give me a pineapple and give me, uh, some apples. And, and like, uh, and then, uh, I'll just fucking, you know, chop it up, take the skins off, fucking throw it in a blender and off we go. Like, you know, just whatever, you Dude. know, you get fruit, you get fruit melody and, uh, you know. And then you have Chris you let is, it dry, right? Oh, yeah, I'll dehydrate it. Uh, Chris so is reminding me of... Uh, go ahead, Chris. So I will say that, like, so if there's, like, if I, like, if I run out of room to put this stuff on, I usually end up with, like, a little bit at the end. And so if you put in some... You put milk and you put protein powder in, you make a really good, mm -hmm. good smoothie that's super healthy for you and, like... And, and, oh, and some yogurt. So you get some yogurt, you get some milk, you get some, uh, some protein powder and you just take whatever's left over and fucking make yourself a smoothie there and then drink it. And it's actually really good. So I do that. Uh, so that's like at the end though. But the thing is like, so the trick is you just have, I actually have two blender things and I just throw shit in, start to blender and then like, then like pour it on. And then I have a little, usually I have like, you know, maybe an inch or two left at the end of the bottom blender, throw mm -hmm. some more fruit in, fucking come up with another like random ass recipe, just keep adding and adding and adding. And, you know, it works well, out. Will it blend? Chris is making oh, a mountainous smoothie over here. <laughs> dude, this is like reminding me of uh, of this this rapper chef. Uh, Serg, I'm pretty sure you're aware of this guy. Um he had a he had a like a TV series for a while. It might have even been on YouTube called "Fuck That's Delicious," and I'm Action trying to Bronson? remember. Action Bronson, yeah, Chris, are you, are you aware? I was of like, what other about? rapper chefs do you know? Chris needs what? Chris needs to look this up because, dude, this is one of the, like the most hilarious like cooking shows, and he's also just a hilarious rapper. And actually, has he, some has, good a, music. he has a cookbook. We gave yeah, his cookbook like, to our. He's like the White Wu Tang. It's like Action Bronson. <laughs> Fuck That's Delicious, and. 
It, you're reminding me of it right now. The way you're describing your blended smoothie is basically like straight up episode of Action Bronson here. Yeah, his cookbook. This dude's and plus there's like the one rap oh, video no! where he's like riding like, a unicorn or something or a motorcycle. Dude, we've had some, we've had some hits and misses with hip hop cookbooks. I feel like dude, I dude, I just googled this man. He's like, are the meals he's cooking to get him through quarantine? We need <laughs> yes, to see this shit. I might he's need bad. to make some Action Bronson meals over here. Dude, oh my god, dude, what the fuck this is... This is, a, Chris, he's great. That's a rabbit hole you need to dive into after this dude, pod. Dude, a sure. rabbit hole. That, yeah, totally. So, All right, uh, guys, yeah. I'm looking at the time. We Did a blunt mistake. We'll, we'll, we'll go into the cl- conclusion here, the close down, but um, let, let's shift gears one last time over here. We uh, we talked some films on uh, Facebook the other day, some, some top <clears> films. <throat> Sir, I never got your list uh, over here. What, I don't know what day that was. There was, there was All you gotta know. Chris, Chris sent me some hot picks. Uh, there's a couple, Chris, I haven't seen on your list, or maybe one, Princess Mona Noki. Mona Noki. Oh, yes, that's a hot one. Dude, like, that, it's... Uh, what that is like it? sketch drawing Ghibli or Studios? something like that? No, dude, it's Gibby Studios from uh, Japan. It's like It's, like, straight up, like, anime, like, old school anime. Like, not, like modern fighting like type anime it's like you know old school like like the wood the woodland spirits type of anime so uh uh yeah dude you should see that shit like dude that whole gibby studios is amazing like and the funny thing is like i don't know like uh what type of movies does Lindsay like uh we're on different pages but uh, you know, we're, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just we'll put it at that. But uh, but she, she has some good picks. No, that. I mean, dude. I mean, yeah. are we like talking like super rom coms or like what? Well, I mean, yeah, dude, we're talking. Like, we're talking probably about that or you know, you know, typical uh, you know stuff there. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what her the, favorite would be. What do you? Oh, you're talking about this Princess Minoki or? Dude, yeah, she actually might like some like some of these films. Like the, I mean, obviously not the Godfather and shit, but like Princess Mononoke is actually like would probably be like it's That's probably like down your list. Dogs. Run down your list real quick for the pod over here, because all right, so, so, so people know what we're we have about. the we have the pilot required per uh, per uh, company requirements. Top Gun. Uh, yep. Need to put that somewhere on the list, otherwise I get, otherwise they pull my pilot. Top Gun's great. No, and uh, actually Lindsay Top saw Gun. that and was very much in agreement with you. I'm in agreement too. Top Gun's a classic. It's a classic. You can't hate on too much. Uh, I am sad, by the way, a little bit of diversion, but I am sad that they're not coming out with Top Gun to uh, Maverick uh, this year. They've like pushed it back because that was supposed to come out April. <laughs> so, uh, so. We were gonna have we're gonna have episode two of Top Gun, but I guess not. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. So yeah, again, both on both classic, of classic. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. I actually like this one over the other ones of the Dark Knight trilogy. It's really hard, just because Batman Begins. Batman Begins is so classic and it's great. Uh, the Dark Knight is again. I'm one of those three fucking, that like. I think all the three Nolans are great because I love Nolan, but uh, I'm with right. you. I think Dark Knight is the best for sure. I mean, that just blew. Like, I mean, the other well, ones are great too, but the third one was arguably the worst movie, 
but the most quotable. Yes, sure. Yes, well, yeah. that's the thing. Like Agreed. the Dark Knight Rises is just straight up like meme fest. That's the thing yeah. with that movie. It's just like you just have like like I do think that the second one is probably better, but the Dark Knight Rises is just like if you're making a list, it's like you have to put that on there. Wait, uh, wait, which one's the second one and which one's the third one again? The Dark Knight is the second one. The Dark Knight Rises is the oh, third. Oh, you have you have Rises on your list. Okay, see, I would pick the Dark. I, I'm agree with you guys both. The quotes from the third one for sure, but as a movie, I would think the Dark Knight definitely. Yeah, no, I I agree that like the thing is like again from like from like a movie standpoint, the Dark Knight is uh like a better put together movie. The thing is. I like the Dark Knight Rises more because it's just like, you know, if you're going to see one, you have to see the Dark Knight Rises because it is just straight up like part of our like collective memory at this point. Like it's just true. It's, true. Too but much even shit. then, I'd say I mean, it doesn't hold a candle to the Blade series. If I was putting some movies on my list. Ooh. All right, uh, here we go. Sir, sure. opinion here, sir, the Blade series. Sir. Shots, shots, have been, shots have been fired, shots but have been I would watch fired. any of the Blade movies. I mean, I'm just saying, Dark Knight, th- those are great movies, great fucking movies. Right. Maybe, only, maybe only the original Blade. A little too long. Yeah, the other, the other yeah. ones can take a hike. Yeah, I mean, Blade I think all three of them were, all three of them had their own things to add. I thought they were done, they were done in a great way to, um, you know, lended, lended uh, tons of reverence to the original source material, and there was, there were, proper escalations in each one. I think you can find good things to say. I can find good things to say about all three. I agree the first one is still the best of the three. Very very little beats not. that opening scene of Blade 1, though, too, where he goes into the bloodbath club. That's just like a classic, like, dude, our childhood. Dude, like the sprinklers, also, come on! Like, dude, you're just like, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Everybody's like, Is yeah, that burned into the back of your skull forever? In that vampire nightclub thing? And should I mention, this was, like, before superheroes were cool. Blade was the original cool fucking superhero that people... This is, like, before, like, we had, like, you know, the whole Marvel fan train. This is in the fucking dark and gritty 90s. When they were like, oh, God, like, making a movie based on a comic book? How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. speaking of other... I guess there was, there was Tank Girl, which is also... Deserves an honorable mention. Ooh, see, all right, sir. Next, next cast when we start out, we're gonna resume <laughs> film talk, and we're getting your top ten because I, I like that you have some different choices on here. Chris and I both I agreed on your next one. The top ten, but hey, there's some good. We can just have a sub, a subcategory top ten of best superhero flicks. Well, so we can start there. Yeah, Chris. We can, we can move on. Round out your list quick, Chris. I got I got six percent MacBook battery here. We rock in typical cast life at the end here. There's there's no top ten that you can't have without well, the sci-fi so classic. Guys, I I died there for a minute. My internet collapsed, and my my MacBook's on five percent battery. We, we live in that strug life at the end of the pod, like usual over here. Chris, uh, round out your list here real quick, and then we'll we'll start with the finishing discussion of your list when we do the next one here. All right. So uh, we were just talking about the classic Blade Runner. Uh, obviously, sci-fi amazing. Uh, Schindler's list. Schindler's list. 
Uh, somewhat sad, but you know, it's an yeah, amazing yet film. To get to Classic that one go to Schindler. Schindler's probably would have been on my list if it wasn't like the the material, like in terms of you know watchability. It, but it, it's certainly like one I consider like you like from a well-made film perspective. It's way up there for sure. Dude, all I gotta say is that Schindler's list when uh, what do you call it? Um, so Spielberg was like going for like his uh, like an art degree, like a master's and shit. So they had to like create a like movie. He just like submitted Schindler's list. He's like, here's my movie. <laughs> like literally, literally just turned in really? Schindler's list as his yeah, homework. That, that's like, crazy. That's like he's just like I love this movie. Like he's like like I I did an amazing job. Like. So, uh, so moving on though, Office Space. Uh, we'll see how like relatable this is five years from now. When I, I mean, no I had Office, Office Space anymore. on my list too. I feel well, like yes. Office Space is just a timeless classic. I I didn't even want to put it on the list from like a film perspective, but it's just such an embedded culture classic, and for our group as well at this point. Well, the funny and that's the funny thing is like Office Space. The more I think about it, like, dude, does that? Does the office culture just not exist five years from now? Like, if, like, like we're all working from home. Like, do you have to like just a moment, please? Pick. Corporate Thank you for calling. Nina. I know. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it was still super relevant. I mean, now now oh, it might be called in oh. question, but consider it went on for like it was like made. Oh, dude, like yeah. that is that is what two thousand one or something like yes. that. Is that when office? Dude, I remember around? working in a yeah. call center in like like my early twenties and stuff, and it just being like straight up, it was like office space, dude. Just yes. like somebody coming yes. by to give you a gold star for merit. There's another coworker like spazzing out by the window and another coworker listening to the radio and I'm like, oh my god, I actually am in this movie right now. I have, Dude, like, I have get fired. Bosses. <laughs> so, Dude, but the yeah. real question, the real question when it comes to top tens, even a subcategory of Mike, Mike Judge movies, but office space or idiocracy? Oh, it's 100% office space, but idiocracy is also yeah. another like cult Colton. Yeah, it's so fucking nope. good. Idiocracy. The amount of times I still reference Idiocracy or think of moments in that movie with regards to dude, the problem with Idiocracy is like we're moving in that direction. That's the word. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like like I think it's too real. Like, it was prescient. Just, like, like we're moving that direction in way too fast. Of a yes, we moment. are. Like I don't like that's one where like office space. Like is that the, is that the world that we're living in? Office space is the past. Idiocracy is the future. Oh no! And I'm gonna drink Brando. I'm gonna Mike drink Brando Judd, because it's got a lit joy. Mike Judge is definitely dude. a prophet, yeah. dude. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Move right, on. Chris, hold, hold on. Before you know what? The, your, your list is too good. We have to go deeper into it. Let's pause. We'll do it for the All next right. cast for the rest because I, I I hate to die on you guys over here. Uh, last closeout note, and then we'll return your your uh, films on the next one. Go back to Blade Runner for a sec, because that's on my list. Sir, would that be on your top yes. ten list? That's that's like the one of the ultimate cult classics. Dude, it would be. I don't. I like. It's hard. A top ten list is so hard to make. I I it can is. honestly say Blade Runner would make my top twenty somewhere. Would it go in the top ten? That's. It's been a while since I've seen it too, and it's really. Right. It was really fucking good. The other thing that I remember also being really good was weirdly enough the uh, the book. Um, when I when I read it as a teenager, I still can't remember. I oh, the Blade the book Runner was, book. Yeah, the Blade Runner book. Where is the 
the movie was based on it or the other way around. I'll get I'll get some shade for this, but I actually I thought the new Blade Runner was really good too. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. The like the the really like oh, cinematography no, up one with Gosling and stuff. It was pretty good. Yeah, wait. You were saying it was pretty good? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was. Thing. People were not on, on that page for the most part. But. but it was too like it was too designed by committee. There was some like true, cool parts true. about it, but like you can tell every scene in that movie was carefully vetted to be like according to the lore and it was like yeah. a thousand nerds scrutinizing every little bit of it and um, it didn't have the same you know, feel of the original for sure, and that that is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, but I agree. I I, I think I think it wasn't bad. Sa- same with um, on the other hand, like speaking of other remakes of classic movies that would probably make my list, the Ghost in the Shell. So the the anime from the from the nineties would probably see that one again. I mean, it's got to be in the top twenty. Would it make the top ten? But uh, they made the new Ghost in the Shell, the Scarlett Johansson version, in 2017, and I I watched it and I was actually like, oh, not bad, guys, not bad. But people dumped on that movie. But I don't know, I I didn't find it nearly as repulsive. I thought they did a lot of did a lot of good homage to the. I haven't seen the, the I haven't franchise seen with with Scarlett yet. I'll I'll check that out at some point. Um and see because ghost in the shell definitely was was regarded all the time as a classic i, I saw the original I, I haven't seen that in a long time but it definitely yeah, was in the it's, vein it's of worth it those type of films it's still not it, it doesn't reach the heights that the um this the series the first two uh seasons of the series standalone complex did i guess still the best the best uh product that's come out of that franchise but the movie wasn't bad all right, boys, let's close it on that note. This was good. I'm glad we're doing this these Sunday talks. Um, catch up soon here, maybe two weeks again. Bills. Indeed. Totally. Yeah, let's do two weeks. And, and if you guys want to like hit up next next week, um, just a casual thing, not a cast, but um, I don't know, talk about some games, maybe play some games, see if we can get Hoover maneuver on the phone again. Dude, yeah. totally. Let's, like, yeah, let's, let's definitely want to yeah. get some games going. Let's get a game night going or something like that. Figure it out. So hopefully your work lightens up a little bit for the weekdays and stuff, and we can figure out like a quick half hour hour jam for one of those things. As oh yeah, getting, yeah, getting I hope manageable. so too. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. We've been Anyways. kicking, we've been kicking out some uh, going through old school Borderlands in co-op with um some of our some of our friends from Colorado. It's been a lot of fun. So we've been we've been hosting game sessions. All right, good. Well, let's Thanks. let's talk soon, guys, and uh, and be safe, be healthy. All right, okay. be safe, be healthy. Don't See get the Rona. <laughs> so.